Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, good morning. How are you? Nice to see you. It is Thursday, which is basically our Friday. Raucous night last night. Raucous. We had him jump and probably went too far, but what are you going to do? Uh, we had a thing called the Fan Cave last night, which was uh, the host of the morning show, Kevin Bowen and Jake Query, the host, me, of the afternoon show on our station, and JMV, the host of the evening show. And we had a ball last night. We had folks... Uh, I had them laughing. They all had them laughing. We all had them laughing. We got a little gross, but hey, what are you going to do? You put me in a robe, you give me a cape, you give me uh, shades, a crown, you can hardly see the whiskey bar there, and bad things are going to happen. I don't know what to tell you. And a microphone and an audience that's willing to laugh, that's a little liquored up, it's a good day. It's a heck of a day. And I also got to tell you something else. Uh, you know how you look at yourself and sometimes you go, oh man, I don't look like what I thought. I was wearing all black. It ain't slimming. No, it's not. I thought it was. I wanted it to be. It wasn't. It's literally that simple. It was not slimming at all. I didn't like it. Uh, I'm not happy about it. Uh, but so I got to do something about it. So I'm going to start diet number 6,722. All right. You give me a crown, you give me shades, you give me a mic, you give me a belly, you give me a robe, and there's a cape on there somewhere, and to my, on this picture, right, there's a whiskey bar. What do you want from me? (laughs) We had a good night, and I know uh, some of you that are my YouTubers, you guys came out, and I appreciate it very, very much. We had a really good time. All right, NBA draft night tonight. I had a chance yesterday to talk to Bruce Pearl, the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. And he told me, he goes, look, I think Jabari's going number one, that being Jabari Smith. So I asked him a number of questions, and I understand he's the head coach, right? I understand he has to say, doesn't have to say, because Bruce is pretty honest, but he's going to say, I think with Bruce, what's real? Uh, Yes, he can really shoot Jabari Smith. Yes, he's got a great body, but what Bruce really liked about him was plays with a chip on his shoulder. And he's in the gym all the time. Now, a lot of guys come in the gym and they're shooting and they're talking and they're shooting and they're talking. But what Bruce described to me, ladies and gentlemen, was this. Bruce described to me, hey, look, um, this kid's in there competing in the gym. He ain't messing around in the gym. He's in there competing. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that he's any different than Banchero. I personally, and I've always said this, based on what I know, based on what I know, all right, just what I know, I would take Banchero, number one, because I think he's more of a ball handler, same kind of size, that kind of thing. But hey, let's be honest. Uh, I don't know. I'm not there. They're talking to him. And frankly, if you enjoy... Uh, the NBA draft tonight does have a little bit of intrigue. It does. It's got a little bit of intrigue. Who's going to go number one? Is it going to be Smith? Is it going to be Banchero? By all accounts, Smith is minus 250, which means you got to put 250 down 
Get 100, Banchero was plus 150 last I look, uh, and then uh, Holmgren was plus about 400, 9,000 I think was the next, and that was Jaden Ivey. So it looks like tonight the Orlando Magic, unless something crazy happens, unless something nuts, uh, they're going to take this kid right here, Jabari Smith, and you know what? Good for them. I mean, look, I think the NBA draft has some intrigue, at least for us here at Indianapolis, because the Pacers draft sixth. Pacers generally don't draft until not the highest, highest. They go, you know, 10th, maybe. You know, six is the first time since I believe it's 1986. So we'll be paying attention. You hope you get Keegan Murray or Johnny Davis or Dyson Daniels. You know, you hope you get a guy that can come right in and play. But, but, however, if you are watching the draft tonight, don't be surprised to see Jabari Smith, six foot ten, great shooter. And that's not my words, that's Bruce Pearl's words. He's like, look, I've seen a bunch of guys all across college basketball for years. And of course he has. All right. And he's like, look, I haven't seen anybody better shooting the basketball at 6'10. Now, you got to put the ball on the floor. You got to be able to play pick and roll. You got to be able to do a lot of things. You know, I said before and I'll say again, name me the 6'10 shooter that has won NBA titles. You can tell me Anthony Davis, but when Anthony Davis won a title, yes, he made jump shots. Yes, he made big jump shots. However, Anthony Davis was more of a post player trying to prove himself in the league at that time. Not in the league as a player, but in the league as a great. And there's a big, big difference. There's a really, really big difference between, hey, I'm just trying to make a team to I'm trying to prove myself as a great. And let's be honest, you're one, two, three, four in the draft. Man, there's a lot of pressure on you to be great. A lot of money, a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure. And again, according to Bruce Pearl, this kid here can handle all of it. So we shall see. In fact, according to Bruce Pearl, this kid here wants all of it. So we shall see what we shall see. But it is intriguing tonight. We shall, uh, we, I think we'll see this kid be the number one pick. I think Orlando will keep the pick. This is one of those years I believe you want the pick. You know, some years, remember Anthony Bennett, the kid from UNLV that Cleveland took first, or Markel Fultz, the kid that Philadelphia took? Even if they, quote, pan out, they're not great. You know, timing is such in the NBA that if you got the number one pick and you get LeBron and you got the number one pick going way back, you got Patrick Ewing, then we're all happy. Our toes are tapping. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not saying that this is the, um, I'm not saying this is the next generational guy or guys, and I'm not saying that they're bust. I think they're somewhere in between. Fellas? I got to go. I'll be right back. You understand what I'm saying, Dylan? Yeah, Dylan? you're all good. I'll be right back. Nothing destroys the show more than the host having to go potty. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> oh, baby. All right. Do we have anything on Joe Biden? Do we have anything? What's Joe Biden giving us today, Dylan? What's he got going today? Is there anything, anything we can get to? Let's remember how we got here. Putin invaded Ukraine. Putin invaded Ukraine with 100,000 forces. And let's remember how we got here. 
How did we get here? Putin invaded Ukraine. Now, do you remember going back? We had a no excuses president that said, hey, look, when I'm elected president, there will be no excuses. Really? Okay. When I'm elected president, there will be no excuses. Gas prices were on the rise the minute he took office. Market was going good. I mean, it was early in Biden, but Putin invaded Ukraine. So, okay. Now, folks are going to say to me, well, you don't know your economics. Okay, I don't. But I know this. Um, I know that there's an excuse in there. There's always an excuse in there. There's never a solution. Now, look, a guy like me doing a show doesn't necessarily have to have all the answers. I go back to a very good friend of mine who was very good friends with President Obama. And when Obama was on the election trail, you know, the campaign trail, he was saying things to George Bush on debates in the papers. You know what I'm saying. And they were derogatory about Bush's policies, particularly about the Middle East. Then all of a sudden, about the second, maybe the first day in office, Obama, according to his very good friend, called Bush and said, man, I didn't know nothing until I got into office into real security briefings. Well, see, we're not in those meetings. We're not about all that. These guys are. He is. And he's supposed to know what the hell the solution is. If the excuse is, hey, look, Putin invaded the Ukraine, great. I think, I don't know, I think the American people wanted answers, solutions, not excuses. It's like now, every time we do that segment, somebody on here will say, hey, uh, he stutters. Okay. But I didn't hear him stuttering back in the 70s when he was being incredibly uh, racial about schools. But if he does something, then he's stuttering. There's always an excuse. Always. Just give us a solution. If that's the reason, give, if it's not an excuse, give us a solution, boss. What's the solution to give relief to the American people? I'll hang up and listen. Seriously. I think we all will. I think we'll all go, all right, there you go, reasonable. But just keep trotting out there and saying the same thing. Hey, look, we, 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 we can't do nothing. Putin invaded the Ukraine. Drive you nuts. Uh, I think I talked about the abs and the lightning, did I not? I think I did. So the abs win last night. They're one game away from the Stanley Cup. And you're going to say, or at least I'm going to say, I think they're the better team. You know, they won last night on uh, visiting ice. They go back home now. Uh, I'm going to say they're the better team. You know, two overtime wins, and both teams routed the other. Uh, I guess they're the better team, but it is fun to watch. You know, overtime hockey is interesting because overtime hockey – um, accelerates what is already 
a tough dude sport. Like, you get in the Stanley Cup, we all know this, everybody's going to go a million miles an hour, right? These are the best teams, the best goalies, all that kind of stuff. We get all that. But, but, the one thing, you're not seeing fighting, nobody wants a penalty, and then in overtime, like, how do I equate it? I had the perfect equation today for it. Like, I'm older, okay? So, there were things called tops, and you, they had a little ball, and you'd rev them on the ground like that, and then you'd put them on a top, and they would just go zzzz. I'm watching last night. I got home from the event. It was just after the third period. They were going to overtime, and I started watching. Next thing you know, whoa, are these guys going, man? These guys aren't jacking around. They're going, and they're going hard. The Avs got the goal. Um, the Lightning aren't happy about it. What are you going to do? You know, I wouldn't be happy about it either. Illegal goal, all that stuff. Hey, look, maybe, maybe not. All I know is you wake up this morning, one team is up 3-1. to one. The other team, two-time champ, got to figure it out now. But it's a great series. It is. Overtimes and routes. It's pretty good. Really good. Does Daniel Snyder keep his team, the commanders? It's a great question. It's a really good question. There's congressional hearings going on right now. And one of the things that struck me was there's congressional hearings. Roger Goodell is zooming in and Roger Goodell said, basically, not basically, he said, I've not seen a worse culture in my time in the NFL than Daniel Snyder's. Say, all right, that's not great, right? That's kind of damning. Now, he also said that they had punished Daniel Snyder. I think it's going to come down to this. I think it's going to come down to, and this is my way of thinking, when they punished Daniel Snyder, did Daniel Snyder make the necessary changes in his work environment? I feel like right now Daniel Snyder is up against it, up against it, up against it, and more up against it. Like, and, and it's his own fault. I'm not, I'm not taking his side, not even a little bit. I feel like he is one of those guys that arrogantly decided this is what we're going to do we can get around any type of stuff. He had a shadow kind of investigation, secondary books, allegedly. All this is a legend and was arrogant enough to say, we can get around all this. And then when you do that, what is the old line? The cover-up is worse than the trial, right? I mean, that's what we always say, Watergate, that kind of thing. Cover-up is worse than the crime, not the trial. Well, I don't know whether Daniel Snyder's cover-up is worse than the crimes because the crimes aren't great, particularly if he didn't do anything to correct them once he got punished. I got to believe he's going to keep his team. I got to believe. I think it's got to be like 75% of owners have to vote him out. Uh, Goodell was grilled yesterday. Whether or not he had the power to just say adios to Daniel Snyder, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. He said he doesn't. Now, one thing I've learned by having family members that are um, lawyers, there's always this. And one thing I learned about being a basketball coach, there's always this. I say it all the time. The rule book is this thick because it started out this thick and then coaches started getting around things. So more and more had to be added. Same thing. Same thing with lawyers. You figure out a way to get through. So I don't think he's going to lose his team. Should he? Probably. I mean, would the league want him to? Yeah, I would think. I mean, it seems like every month this guy's into something. seems like every freaking time you open up a newspaper, he's blanking people off. 
So, yeah, maybe he should, but I don't have the answer to that. I, I don't know enough about it, but I do know if they call a Senate hearing about you and your team, you got a problem. Now, he's off in the south of France. He's on his yacht, his yagget, his yak, depending how you want to say it. And good for him. Uh, hey, I ain't mad at you when that's what you do. That's cool. If that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. But the truth of the matter is you can stay on your yacht, you can come back on your yacht, but when at the end of the day, end of the day, when they have a Senate hearing about you, you got a problem. You know how I talked about Deshaun Watson stuff? It was tracking away from Deshaun Watson and then 20 cases settled, so it was tracking back towards uh, Deshaun Watson. This is tracking away, away from, uh, from Daniel Snyder. It is. Uh, sad news out of the NFL yesterday. Now, Tony Saragusa was 55 years old. Tony Saragusa was kind of a lovable dude. He played with the Colts. He was uh, best described by a guy I talked to yesterday who was with the Colts, not, a, not as a player, but he was on the staff as the Seinfeld of every team he played with. You know, I use that analogy a lot, but it was used, you know, about him towards me, and I thought that was pretty cool. You know, what does that mean? Well, everybody wants to hang out with Tony Saragusa. Everybody wants to be at Jerry's place. When Tony's there, it makes it better. When Tony's on the team, it makes it more fun. When Tony's on the team, it makes your team better. That's how everybody described Tony Saragusa to me. That's a lie. That's how one guy described it. And when I mentioned it last night to people, everybody agreed. So one guy said it. I agreed with it. I mentioned it to others. We try to keep it honest on this show. But Tony Saragusa died yesterday. Man, it's another one of these deals where I don't know why he died. We'll find out why he died, I assume. But I do think that at 55 years old, big guy, we'll have to see. One of the things I don't like, uh, I don't like when people are now dying, it immediately becomes politicized. Did they get the vaccine? Did they die because of the vaccine? Did they die because they got the vaccine and the vaccine wasn't safe? I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, that, can you wait for an autopsy? That's how I kind of look at it. Biggie Swanigan, uh, the kid from Purdue that died a few days ago, man, uh, they immediately put it out there. People were just, well, he got the jab. And Greg Doyle, a guy that I like, I talk about him, I must like him, or I wouldn't talk about him so much, put a tweet out that basically said, look, how about you stop with the conspiracy theories? How about you stop? And then the kid from the Ravens passed away, and here we go again. And now Tony Saragusa, and here we go again. Look, it may be because of the jab. I don't know. You don't know. Why don't people let an autopsy happen before we immediately say, hey, look, I told you this vaccine wasn't right. I told you this was bad. No, no, no. You got to let things play out. You gotta let an autopsy, you got something instead of just jumping to a conclusion. But let me go back to Tony Saragusa. You know, some people, some people don't like loud. Some people don't like a guy like Tony Saragusa. When he walks in, the whole place is like, hey, hey, man, you know, those sausages, you know what I mean? See, me personally, I don't wanna have to carry the conversation. In real life, I don't want to have to sit there, play golf, hang out, have lunch with people that barely talk. 
I like the loud. I like the, hey, you carry the conversation, I'll react. Now, maybe I get tired of it, but so what? And look, in NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, you name the sport locker rooms, you need Saragusas. Draymond Green's loud, willing to say it. People want to be around you. Nothing great has ever been accomplished without enthusiasm. Ralph Waldo Emerson. I don't know many quotes, but I know that one. And that man right there, wherever he played, wherever he was, he gave great enthusiasm to every team that he played on. Period. And nobody can deny it. Then, when he was a broadcaster, he did the same thing. He gave great enthusiasm. He was on the sideline. You know, he, he, everybody knew him. Everybody liked him. As I said, he's the guy everybody wants to be around. And he was terrific at his job. You know, rest in peace, Tony Saragusa. Sad day. Sad days this week. Sad, sad days. That's why sometimes, don't we, don't we got to keep it light? Don't we got to get a little irreverent? Don't we got to have a little fun, make fun of things? Because, damn, all I'm seeing is negative, negative, negative. Look, if you want me, just tell me that you can give me a cape, give me a robe, give me a crown, give me a freaking uh, a mic, and we're going to have a good time. It's going to be irreverent. You're not going to like all of it. But hey, so what? We'll have a good time and we'll laugh. Man, too much death, too much awful. Rest in peace, Tony Saragusa. Speaking of like, I don't know, just stuff, right? Um, the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour is, in their words, under fire, right? I mean, they've got this LIV Tour coming. And it's, it's already here. The first, the first tournament in the United States is in Portland, all right? So the PGA Tour said, hey, look, we're going to increase the money. We're going to jump all this up. Okay. We're going to make it such that our tour is more of a player's tour. And that's basically what the PGA commissioner said. He basically said, hey, look, we got to make this about the players. And don't think for a second, don't think there for a second that wasn't brought on by a little bit of competition. You know what I mean? Uh, KFC Barstool said it pretty good. I understand why people don't like LIV, but also it took the PGA Tour being threatened by Saudi Arabian blood money in order to put together events to give their players a fair taste of the money. Lesson. Oh, everyone, <laughs> here's what he said. Everyone in pro sports is a scumbag. Get your money however you want or can. Tim, uh, he's a really good writer. Kawakami, I think he's in uh, L or, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, the Atlantic San Francisco, he put out. And this is something I've always said about colleges. Now that the PGA Tour is coming up with this extra money to keep top players from bolting, where was this money before, if not the players? Or excuse me, where was this money going before if not to the players. Extra money lying around is a suspicious thing. Yes. I've always said that about colleges. Like, 
My thing has always been, I like when kids are paid. That's fine with me. I don't have to deal with it. It's fine, okay? But they always can come up with money. Colleges could. For salaries, or we can bump, you know. And I'm like, hey, man, why can you do that? Why don't you just pay, uh, pay fair market value? I know coaches that say, look, we're not going to negotiate. What's the most you can pay me? I mean, I trust you. You trust me. You tell me to trust you. What's the most you can pay me? And they wait. And then you find out if the person you're dealing with is a liar. Because if they say, most I can pay you, let's say, a million dollars, and you say, no, I need a million five, and they go, okay, we can do that. Well, you know, the guy's not, a, not an honorable guy not telling you the truth. Seriously. Those are great questions. Um, I, we talked about the pitching or whatever coach at, uh, with the Houston Astros the other day getting thrown out. All right, let me give you one here. The hitting coach of the Jays, the hitting coach of the Jays got the boot pregame. He walked out with the lineup card. Now, let me get you through this. He walked out with the lineup card. There were handshakes all around, right? Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, good to see you. You know, if you've ever been there early to a game and you happen to notice, manager or coach, manager or coach, they come. They stand with the umpires, they shake hands, they talk about everything that's great. Next thing you know, boom, we play the game. Now, sometimes they go through ground rules because some of these parks are different. You hit the roof in Tampa Bay, it's a deal or something, I don't know. Wrigley Field, the ball gets lost in the ivy. You know, don't wait, raise your hands. It's a ground rule double, like a ball bouncing over a fence in other parks. Well... This guy comes out, and his name is Guillermo Martinez. He comes out exchanging lineup cards. Apparently, the night before, Doug Eddings, an umpire, was bad, according to Martinez. So, you know what? People were complaining the night before, and Martinez comes out to give the lineup card. Now, I don't know whether he does it all the time or not, or he just wanted to do it to get a piece of Eddings, but next thing you know, very cordial. Hello, how are you? Uh, You suck. Boom! He's thrown out, and then Eddings and Martinez go at it. White Sox didn't need him, or excuse me, uh, Toronto didn't need him. They won 9-4, to four, but damn, you're getting a boot before the game, handing the lineup card. Good for you. That's what makes baseball great. All right, we'll be right back. We got, uh, it's Thursday, but it's my Friday, the Don't At Me Awards coming at you right here in a minute. The damn awards next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, welcome back. Uh, It is Thursday, which is our Friday. Now, I think that change is coming up in August. We'll be doing a Friday show, but it is Thursday, so let's have at it. The Damn Awards. The Weekly Awards. Here's my first. The Don't Be Stupid Award. To the Orlando Magic, go ahead 
and draft that man right there, Paolo Banchero. Don't be stupid. Look, I told you what was happening. I told you that by all accounts, it looks like Jabari Smith is going to be the number one pick, and that may still be. However, I just got an email, or not an email, I got a tweet from a guy that says, hey, Dan, guess what? Betting on Banchero is off the boards in Vegas. He's in Vegas right now because there is a lot of talk that Banchero is moving on up. And those of you that watch the Jeffersons know it's to the east side, east side of the country, which would be Orlando. Look, I've said this before. I'll say this again. I'm sure the three that are at the top, and I would put a fourth in there with Jay Nivey, are terrific. You know, I would have no problem if any of those four came to my city. All right? No, no problem. Zero. None. Zip, zilch, nada. However, however, I would say to anybody that would ask me, um, who's the best? I think that guy. Right now, I just looked at a couple sites. There is no action for the number one pick. There's the number six pick, there's top 10 action, there's draft position, but you know who is not listed when it goes to draft position? Paolo Banchero, Chet Holgrim, and Jabari Smith. So something is afoot. It is not a shoe, it is a foot. Something's afoot here, ladies and gentlemen. So we shall see what we shall see. That t- Look, we all know, the one thing we know, Vegas rarely, if ever, screws it up. Somebody might hit a game winner, whatever, but it's always right there. And before they put the bet out, nine, ah, .999 times out of 10, they get it right. Just telling you. It's what happens. They get it right. So don't be stupid, okay? Take bench here. Take Benchero, and I cannot – look, I'm sure all three are going to be good. I've said it before. But when you look at modern professional basketball, this dude is six foot of 10, 250 pounds, hands the ball like a guard. Shooting is not a problem. Pulling up in the lane is not a problem. Hey, look, well, I don't know who he can guard. Yeah, well, maybe nobody. But he's big enough, and he's got good enough feet that he should be able to guard three or four positions. Looks like he's got a mid-range game, got a nice spin fadeaway game in the lane. I don't know. You know, unless you did your homework on him and said, no, I don't like it. I don't know how you wouldn't like it. Seems to me, don't be stupid. Instead of damn, don't at me, D-B-S award. Don't be stupid. All right. Be careful what you wish for. You know, the most overrated, city to play basketball in is New York City. (laughs) The Knicks. Be careful what you wish for, New York Knicks, L.A. Lakers. By bringing Kyrie in and giving him a ton of money. Just be careful what you wish for, okay? Look, if you put Kyrie with LeBron, that's kind of a big brother deal. And I do think Kyrie's a really smart guy. I've always thought Kyrie's a really smart guy. I've always, in fact, thought Kyrie was one of those guys, when you, when you hear him speak, you're kind of drawn to him. I am anyway. Now, I know he says some crazy stuff, but who doesn't? We all act like nobody says dumb things. I say dumb things like it's my job. All right? Having said that, though, 
Be careful thinking that Kyrie Irving is going to solve the issues of your franchise, whether it's long-suffering or whether you're like the Lakers and you're trying to get it back up. You're trying to do what the Golden State Warriors did, which is come back from an awful season and build it to a champion. And you look at it and you say, man, Kyrie and... Uh, Kyrie and LeBron did it once. Kyrie's still in his prime. LeBron's still as good as any. If we can keep Anthony Davis healthy, we've got a real shot here. Look at the big three that we would have. Be careful what you wish for. Because Kyrie's become the coach guy, right? He's become the smarter than the coach guy. He's become the guy that, oh, I don't know. I don't think you're doing it right. We say this all the time, and it's the same in your business. Um, Coach-led teams don't win. Player-led teams win. And I'm talking about championships. And there's a fine line between being a player-led team and being a player-pain-in-the-ass team. Same thing in your business. I mean, if you got to have, you know... Uh, John Gordon and all these guys come in, Tony Robbins come in every year to get your guys going, you got a problem. Those are great guys that can help any organization. But if you got to do it time after time after time, the one thing you should not have to do is say, let's go. You should never have to do that in business. You should never have to do that in coaching. You should never have to do that when you are listening to a radio or television program. Hey, I shouldn't, or I should as the host, have more energy than you as the listener. I was going to say I as the listener shouldn't have more energy than the host. Well, that's why it drives me nuts when guys sit back or, you know, I was listening to some guy yesterday break down the draft on ESPN, Giovanni or something, and he was basically talking like this. No, man, I got to have more energy than you because you're doing other things. You guys are on the, the Facebook chat and you're there, but you're doing other stuff. You're working. You're getting it done. So, you know, uh, don't freaking have people that think they're smarter than you. Last thing about that. Last thing about that. I want people smarter than me, but I don't want them overtly sub subdiverging my authority. So, what the hell's the right word? I can't remember. But anyway, and that's what I feel Kyrie does in most situations. Now with LeBron, maybe not. But be careful what you wish for, and I ain't lying to you about that one. Be careful what you wish for. Sometimes the old heads, see this? That's old head. Sometimes the old heads, guys like me, we got to let you know. Now, I'm not putting myself in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's class, as a human being, no chance. As a scholar, not a shot. As a basketball player, oh, hell no. But sometimes us old heads got to remind others that there was, there was basketball, football life before you got here. So what does that mean? Well, Kareem the other day was, I don't know where he was. But he was on like Sports Center, or Sports Center actually uh, retweeted something that he had said. And what he said was, you know, 
kind of just got to remind people that I'm the NBA's leading scorer and I only made one three. See, I like that. No, I don't like that. I love that. I'm still the all-time leading scorer in the NBA and I only made one three-point shot. Yeah. Let them know. What do they call them? Cap. Let them know, Cap. Let them know, Capitan. Let them know what the deal is. That's right. Because we're so enamored with the three-point shot. Now, I get it. I do. I understand that you can criticize this take. I understand that you can come at this take and say, yeah, the game's changed. Shut up, old head. Because that's all you do is, like Kevin Durant, tells old heads to shut up. Well, I'd like to see someone debate that. And it really isn't anything to debate because it's a factual question. But the question is, hey, look, uh, he's got a point. Still throw the ball inside. And his point isn't that. You know what his point is, right? His point is we're talking about all these guys, Michael, Kobe, LeBron, you name it. He's just reminding everybody that I need to be in this conversation as the greatest of all time. That's what he's reminding folks. He's reminding everybody, hey, hold, hold the phone. I need to be in this conversation. Period. And he ain't wrong. In my world, oh man, in my world, him and Michael, those two guys, I didn't see Will. I say it all the time. I didn't see Oscar. I didn't see Kuzi. I didn't see Russell. I'm sure they were all great. No, I know they were all great. What are we talking about? But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, that guy in my world, along with Jordan, two best I ever saw. So good for him. Just reminding folks, a look, I'm still here, baby. And I'm still numero uno. And I like it. Old head this, as we say. All right. Why? Why? Just why? You know I got to get a dig in here. You know I got to get something with Biden in here. But can somebody please explain to me why this man was elected? Now, there are theories on this, and let me give you the biggest one. All right? The biggest theory is, well, um, 81 million people voted for him. Okay. Well, why did 81 million people think that this was a good idea? The biggest answer is, well, because people disliked Donald Trump so badly. And I would, I would argue that that was pretty good. Like, I would argue that that's probably true. I would argue that instead of betting on Joe Biden's policies, people bet against Donald Trump. My question then becomes, what's going to happen next time? Like, seriously, what's going to happen next time? A lot of funny things happened in the election of 2000 and what, 20? But what's going to happen next time? I saw the other day where Joe Biden says another pandemic is coming. I saw the other day where maybe we got to mask up again. I've seen all kinds of things. I don't know what's true and what's not. And I don't believe Joe Biden. I don't believe any politics. I don't believe Donald Trump. But I do know this. I do know this, that Donald Trump warned the good folks of the United States of America and warned them big time about, hey, look, 
You elect this guy, inflation is coming. You elect this guy, gas prices going way up. You elect this guy, the economy is going to be in the tank. The borders are going to open. I mean, people were warned. But they didn't want to listen. <clears throat> and that's why. And that's a bad way to go about business. Look, I understand there are a lot of people on the Democratic side that would, bet for a that would vote for a bag of sand if it were a Democrat. I get that. Same thing with the Republicans. I get that too. We all get that. We all understand that. We all know that. But the people in the middle like me that are like, hey, I just want to see a good candidate. I just want to see somebody that, you know, I don't know, is a real dude. Fact, I'd like to see Vegas run the country. They seem to get everything right. I'd like to see Vegas run the NCAA tournament. I'd like to see Vegas run the country. I mean, hell, just give it to Vegas. And one thing I wasn't mad about is I was not mad about Vegas. Or excuse me. I was not mad. Um, what was I not mad about? Hell, I forget all the time. Anyway, uh, it happens all the time. Because my mind is going to so many different directions that I forget what I'm not mad about sometimes. So maybe I should just stay mad. And I'm looking at my notes, and I didn't have that. I was riffing right there. But I'm telling you, once in a while, I'm thinking about this, looking at that, looking at this, and thinking, okay, where am I going next? And I forget what I'm on. So if I remember what I'm not mad about, I'll let you know. But I am mad that this guy is killing our economy, and a lot of people think it's for a green deal. He's trying to tank the country energy-wise. And as Trump says, it's all about energy. Energy controls the cost of everything. We've got uh, an awful, awful economy going. We've got awful, awful, awful energy prices. Everything's going. The only thing I got from this guy is it's Putin's fault. All right. If it's Putin's fault, it's Putin's fault. What are you going to do? So anyway, at the end of the day, why? Just why? I'll hang up and listen. I'll go to the YouTube chat and listen because I know they got the reason there, but I'm having a hard time figuring it out. The more I see him talk, the more, and everybody knew. If you put a bag of sand here, all right, and Donald Trump here in the next election, bag of sand is Democrat, Donald Trump is Republican, who wins the election? Who wins the election? Sean Black says, I'd vote for a bag of sand over this guy. See, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, 68% uh, want me to be the uh, owner of the uh, Reds Redskins commanders. Uh, Plead the Fifth says, Dockage is pro-Putin. That's all we got. All we got is pro-Putin. You're an, I got called an insurrectionist. I don't even know. I mean, I guess that means that I support the insurrection. Uh, Doc Hitch continues to prove he doesn't understand macroeconomics. Color me shocked. Okay. I mean, if shock's a color, I'll color you. I mean, when, you know, here, macroeconomics is not really important. Macroeconomics is another one of these, you know, excuses where back in, maybe, the, maybe it's true. I don't know. But, you know, when Trump was running things, oh, geez, everything was wrong. Now it's, well, you know, he has a stutter. Well, it's macroeconomics and it's Putin's fault. Yeah, you're right. I get it, man. I get it. I totally get it. DD can't explain why one man controls global energy prices. You're right. You're right. I can't. I, I can't. All I know is this, baby. 
All I know is 1979, Jimmy Carter in office. I learned a valuable lesson as a 16-year-old about the word inflation and gas prices. And you know what else? Uh, if I wanted to learn about all of this, I would read a book. I certainly wouldn't go to Twitter or, or our, our YouTube chat and listen to a guy on a YouTube chat. So, you know, if you think macroeconomics is the most important thing of the day, boom, go get them. But I ain't sitting here listening to people on a YouTube chat. I know this. I know this. When gas went down four or five months ago, the Democratic National Committee's Twitter, official Twitter page, said, look what President Biden has done. He's lowered gas prices. Now we got macroeconomics. Oh, okay. All right. We got macroeconomics. The Otter Creek man says, I understand macro gas prices. Of course we all do. We all understand macro gas prices. But instead, you know what? We got to argue about stupid stuff. Well, he's got a stutter. Or he's Putin. Or, no, 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 no. 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 If you're going to tell me that when gas prices dropped 19 cents or whatever it was back in February or whenever the hell it was, if you're going to tell me out of your official Twitter that look what Joe Biden did, then I got to tell you, hmm, interesting. The other thing people will tell you is this. Well, you know, gas prices all across the world are high. I go back to Munich. Whatever year my son was born. I don't know. I was in Munich visiting the great Uwe Blob. Gas prices were three times what they were in the United States, and they were sold by the leader. Now, I guess that's our new excuse. Gas prices across the world are higher than the United States. Well, frankly, they've always been higher than the United States. They've always been higher than what they've been here. So if that's your excuse, then great. The other excuse is this. I always like, and it's funny listening to stupid people discuss politics. That's from our most inclusive side. That's from the boys and girls that are diverse, that are welcoming, that want all people to come together. They can't wait if you disagree with them. You're stupid. Or if you don't, quote, get your degree where Ed Rogers and the rest got their degree from the University of Twitter then you're stupid. It's not about having a discussion. You're just stupid. All right. All right. See, I don't blame one man for gas prices. I blame one administration for gas prices. I blame Jimmy Carter back in the day. Carter got out, prices stayed for a little bit, and then they went down. Uh, Bush, every other politician that we've had, and we've had all politicians, kept going about here. Trump came in, non-politician. Politician comes back in with the worst. And actually, there are those that this is so bad that people feel like he's actually trying to sabotage the country for his Green Deal. Now, think about that. Think about that thought ever coming into the mind of somebody. That's how bad things are under this guy. So now gas prices are here. And somehow, some way, people defend it. The next thing we will go through is, well, gas prices only affect the rich. 
Mm, man. I heard from a lot of people last night, keep fighting, Dan, because it's affecting the living hell out of us. And they weren't rich. If you want to say I'm rich, all right. But I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis in my neighborhood and around that ain't rich, and it's affecting everybody. So, hey, I got to ask again. Instead of saying Donald Trump, instead of criticizing, why? Just why? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the Pressure is Coming Award. That's right. Pressure is coming. I was listening to Mad Dog yesterday, um, uh, Russo, Chris Russo. And it's always fascinating to me because Chris Russo does a national show on Sirius, but at heart, at the core, he's a New York guy, right? He's a New York man. Um, and he was talking about this, and I thought it was fascinating that he's talking about the pressure coming to the Yankees while we're sitting here June, whatever the hell the date is, 23rd, but yet the pressure is coming to the Yankees. The Yankees are 51 and 18. Listen to this. They've outscored their opponents by 145 runs. All right, that's the most in the league. 124 is the Dodgers, and they're second. So the Yankees, it's not like, and this is why I love New York, and I'm trying to get Colts fans here. It's not like they're celebrating. They are. They're enjoying. They go to games. They love, you know, judges knocking things out of the park. They got a fun team. You know, all this kind of stuff, right? So it's not like the Yankees are being exalted. They're being, you know, talked about. But there's always a caveat, amen. They're not losing the playoffs. Amen. Lose the World Series. Year isn't a success. The Mets aren't quite there, even though what's their record? 45 and 26. And they're leading their division. But the Yankees, man, and I'm telling you, like I listened yesterday. You know, usually when I drive home from my show at 3, I listen to a variety of things. Sometimes my guy Hammer and Nigel, sometimes my station with JMV. If he, you know, somebody's on commercial, I flip it around. And then usually the, the third is Mad Dog Russo. But I stayed with it because I was fascinated how 51 and 18, man, in Indianapolis, we would be given everybody an extension. Like, we would be given everybody. You would get it. I would get an extension. But in New York, mm, and I've said this forever, and I will not stop saying this. I've said this as long as I have paid attention. It wasn't always that way with the New York Yankees. Early 70s, they stunk. My dad was a fan because every guy's dad my age was a fan. They all wanted to be Mandel or Maris or Whitey Ford or Yogi Berra, Elston Howard. I remember my dad showing me, we were watching a game. I forgot what the heck, what could have been a game, could it have? I was like 10 years old and a catcher. And he's like, yeah, Elston Howard's the best defensive catcher in the world. Watch what he does. All right. Let the ball, and here's what it was. it was. Let the ball hit you in the chest. Don't turn sideways because the natural reaction is the ball bounces. You know, kids want to turn sideways. So he taught me, boom, bounce it off my chest. Stand in there with your chest because Elston Howard was really good at it. 
And then the Yankees went away, and then Steinbrenner got there, and he knew what he had. He knew what he had. You kidding me? What did he have? He had the Yankees. Let's go get Catfish. Let's go get Reggie. Let's go get Goose Gossage. Let's go get, I don't know, Ron Guidry. Next thing you know, they really haven't looked back since then. They really haven't looked back since the late 70s. They really haven't. And it is fascinating to me. They expect a level of success. And Mad Dog talking yesterday, hey, baby, in Mad Dog's voice, he talks real fast. The pressure's coming, you know what I mean? And good. That's awesome. You know, a lot of you do that in your normal lives, right? A lot of you are like, hey, look, I want to win. I want to win in business. Yesterday, I wanted to be the funniest guy at the fan cave. You know, I want to win. Russ Bradberg, who is an incredible liberal, here, gas is $11 here in Belfast, Northern Iowa. That darn Biden did it here, too. Isn't that amazing? Like, aren't we supposed to lead? Nah, we're not supposed to lead. Russ, Russ is a great guy, really good dude, great human being. But he would vote for a bag of sand if it were a Democrat. And that's fine because, look, Ireland has higher gas prices. And I got to tell you, Munich's were way higher in 1991 than the United States were. So, hey, I don't know what to tell you, Russ. Don't drive. Don't drive. The logic is incredible to me. But hey, as long as, I said this, as long as you don't say it's Donald Trump's fault and you make an argument, I'm good with you. That argument is fine. Gas is $11 in Northern Iowa. Okay. That argument's good with me. You know. So, anyway, uh, we're going to get into excuses. We're going to get into excuses, including the top five Political excuses of all time. Now, I like my reaction to things, so I purposely purposely didn't read them because I want to go, oh, come on, Dylan, hey, Dylan, send them to me by Twitter so I can make sure I can open them. But there are some things I like getting my own reaction to. That's how I kind of do it on my show. And sometimes it causes me a problem. Sometimes it's like, oh, whoa, 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 I can't read that, you know, on the air. But when we come back, we got some excuses. We got excuses. Hey, look, I don't want excuses. I want solutions to the problem. That's what I look at. I, hell, I could be wrong. But that's what I'm looking at. Maybe you look at it different. I don't know. All right, we'll be right back. You're going to like this segment. And then, hey, look, the College World Series is really fun. And we got an elimination game today. I think it's Arkansas. Where is it? Arkansas and Old Miss. They play an elimination game, winner take all, with the right to go two out of three with Oklahoma. Man, Oklahoma's got it rolling. Softball, baseball, basketball, football, they got it rolling. Good for Joe Castigliano. I'm going to get it. Let's get Joe on the air. Let's see if Joe will come on, and, and we're going to praise Joe. We'll just talk. He got Porter Mosier coaching basketball. We got to get Joe Castigliano on. He's a great AD, and all they do is win. That's it. All right. We'll come back. America's, well, I don't know about America, the world's top five excuses ever in politics. When we come back. 
That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Putin made me do it. There's a laughing. The devil made me do it. I was on a show a long time ago. The devil made me do it. There were t-shirts that said, I think it was laughing. Was it Flip Wilson? I don't know. But the devil made me do it. There's always, as long as time has passed and shows have been on, there is always excuses. The current excuse by the current administration is Putin invaded the Ukraine. Okay. But that's not the worst. Excuses. I'm doing everything I can to blunt the Putin price hike and bring down the cost of gas and food. I led the world to coordinate the biggest release from global oil reserves in history, and I'm working to get 20 million tons of grain out of Ukraine to help bring down, to help bring down prices. All right. See, me personally, I'm not a hater. He should do more of that. Like, he should do more of that and then let the pundits rip him because that's what pundits do. But for me personally, I would like to see him put more out there. Let us know that he is actually doing something. Now, I don't know who wrote this. Who cares? It's out there. Good. Good. But what's the most important word in there? The words in there. The Putin price hike. There's your excuse. It's the Putin price hike. Guy that's in Russia. We used to be the strongest country in the world, but I, now, hey, look, we're so reliant on others that I don't know what to tell you. But hey, it's not his fault, according to people, and that's fine. I mean, look, I get it. There are people that will vote for a bag of sand. All right, let's talk about some famous some absolute famous excuses. There was a mayor in Toronto. His name was Rod Ford. Rob Ford was kind of like me. He's kind of a mouth. But anyway, uh, he tried to salvage his career by blaming his admitted use of crack on his drinking. Yes, I've smoked crack cocaine, the mayor said. But no. Am I an addict? No. Have I tried it? Probably in one of my drunken stupors. Probably approximately a year ago. Now look, I don't know that defending your cocaine use with your drunkenness is the way to go. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But I do know this. Uh, That's a bad excuse. Now it's not, you know, it's a, it's a Toronto mayor who lost his own deal, but to continually trot out excuses about Putin, that don't help none of us. But hey, look, Rob, baby, Rob, I got to tell you, probably not the best thought out. There was a senator from Iowa. Larry Craig was his name. Now, Larry was arrested. 
Now, in 2007, Larry Craig was a sitting Republican senator from Iowa. He was arrested in 2017 for lewd conduct, soliciting sex by playing footsie with an undercover officer in the next stall. Now, look. Why is that bad? I'm playing footsie. I don't know. But here's the deal. He blamed it on a wide stance. He blamed it on he having his feet out wide. And some of us that go to the crapper know these can be fairly small. Now, I can't remember the airport crappers being that small, but he went with a wide stance is what he said. Now, I got to tell you, um, solid, solid excuse. Some may say, all right. Others may say, what are the odds? What are the odds of you going with a wide stance and there just happens to be a undercover police officer next to you? Like, try that today. When you go to the crapper, try in a public place. Get yourself a nice wide stance. Get yourself a base. Get yourself solid. Put those feet outside of your knees. And see if, oh, I don't know, an undercover cop is next to you. Uh, what he did was he tapped his foot in a signal often used by persons communicating a desire to engage in sexual contact. All right. So then when he was arrested, he gave him the old, here's my card. Uh, what do you think about it? Then he explained to the police that his foot touching the undercover's off, off foot was because he had a wide stance. Then he pled guilty and he told nobody. That was in August 8th. The news didn't break for a couple of months. It's a misunderstanding. So he was before television cameras. He had to say, I'm not gay. I've never been gay, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Would that be a big deal now? I don't know. There's a lot of things that are much bigger deals, but I don't know if that would be a big deal, would it? I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no, but try today. No, don't tap feet with anybody, but just get yourself in a stance and what, you're an undercover cop. Why were undercover cops, and I've not been able to find this, why were undercover cops next to him? Was it a coincidence? Was this a known place? I don't know. Uh, he was a social conservative. He championed a constitutional amendment to outlaw gay marriage. I, I, what do we do? I mean, do we take his word for it? Say he wasn't gay? I don't know, but it's been a long time. Um, there's a guy, remember Mark Sanford? Mark Sanford, handsome. He was the governor of South Carolina. Nice family man, had a lot going on for him. Okay, so Mark Sanford um, disappeared for a while. You know, and as a governor, when you disappear for a little bit, man, people tend to notice. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are like, hey, governor, donde esta? Where are you? I wish I knew Serbian. I would say it in Serbian. Where the hell's the governor? That's English. What the, governor, where are you at? Well, the governor tried to tell the world that he was hiking in the Appalachians. 
Wow. All right. South Carolina governor. Maybe you got yourself to the Appalachians. Uh, but what he was really doing was he was in Buenos Aires for a tryst with his, and now this is a great word, his Argentine, Argentine paramour. There you go. I think it means girlfriend. He told his staff to inform the media that he was merely hiking the Appalachians. This year, though, okay, so he was out. This year, though, he now is in Congress. I'm telling you, you look at the dude, and he looks like what you want in a politician, right? He's tall. He stands up there. Man. So he gets reelected. Now, he was a rising star. I do remember that. That was in 09. So he just said, hey, look, I'm hiking the Appalachians. Don't tell him. I'm in Buenos Aires with my paramour. Is it Paramore? I got to go to the YouTube chat to see. Um, yeah, you got to be careful about your junk. You got to be careful about your junk. Uh, do you remember the name Anthony Weiner? Uh, he was a congressman. He was in New York, and he accidentally sexed a picture of his junk to Twitter. Says he was hacked. But the wiener of wiener was positively ID'd. And he gave up his Senate seat. He then, he then rep, or tried to run for mayor of New York. But he couldn't stop with the sex capades. So what did wiener and his wiener do? Well, it came to light that he continued all these different sex capades under the social media handle, Carlos Danger. <sighs> not Johnny Danger. Not Johnny Dangerously. Carlos Danger. That's right. Yeah. I don't know where Wiener and his Wiener are, but I don't think he's the mayor of anything. And last but not least, man, one of our favorites. You know the name. You love the man. Marion Barry. Marion Barry, mayor of D.C., in 1990 was caught smoking crack. He exclaimed, and I'm quoting here, bitch set me up, a reference to a former, former girlfriend who'd helped the feds set up the sting. My man won re-election after a six-month tour in federal prison. That's right. He won re-election and in 94 was the mayor again of D.C., He's now on the D.C. City Council. He continues to say, look, that his scandal were nothing alike unless he was entrapped by the government. So what he said was, they said that him and the first guy that I gave you for, the mayor of Toronto, Marion Barry says, nah, -uh. ours aren't alike unless, of course, they are set up he was set up by the government or by the uh, government. Look, I'm in, I'm into that. I don't doubt for a second that the government or the media or whatever tries to bring you down. I don't, but damn mayor, put down the crack pipe. How many times serious business? There are certain sayings that we have your friend. We talked about this during the Indy 500, right? Uh, your friend driving too fast. You look over at him and go, what do you think you're Mario Andretti? 
right? Guy says something stupid. Like, I say something stupid on Twitter. You know what people say? Hey, Double D, put down the crack pipe. Or one of your buddies says something stupid. Hey, Jimmy, put down the crack pipe and let's have a conversation. You know what I mean? Mayor, put down the damn crack pipe. Seriously. Like, look, you can claim a lot of things. But fine, maybe you got entrapped. Maybe the quote, and I'm reading this article, the bitch did set me up. And he said more about that. That's cool. Maybe. But when I'm looking at you smoking crack, kind of set yourself up. Didn't you? I don't know. Seems like. Beats me. But anyway, so those are some of the absolute best excuses that I've seen. And I got to tell you, I ain't mad about none of them, not even any of them. All right, let me go to a couple of things that need to be discussed on this show because I can't stop. I can't stop. You're tired of me, aren't you? You're tired of me talking about Brittany Griner. You're tired of me saying Brittany Griner should be out of jail. But I say this. I say that unless people keep talking about it, she's just going to sit in jail. Now, there was a scheduled call that was supposed to happen with Griner and her wife. All right? They were trying to set up a call from Russia, from the Russian jail, with Brittany Griner and her wife, Sherelle Griner. Apparently, they have not spoken by phone in four months since she was arrested. She remains jailed. Uh, That changed when a long-awaited call last Saturday was finally supposed to have taken place after getting Russian government approval. The day came, the day went. And Sherelle, nothing happened. She wondered what went wrong. She learned on Monday, two days later, from her wife's Lawyer, a more distressing truth. Bryant Griner had tried to call 11 times over a period of several months, dialing a number she'd been given at the United States Embassy in Russia, Moscow, which the couple had been told would then patch the call through to Sherelle. Each time, call went unanswered because the desk at the embassy where the phone rang was unstaffed on Saturday. This seems like jackassery to me. Like, if I'm the embassy, if, if this is all on the up and up, which I don't think it is, but if it is all on the up and up, how in the heck does our country not staff the phone? Like, if this is a phone that's supposed to go from prison to the embassy, United States embassy, embassy to Sherelle, it should happen, should it not? I don't know. It didn't, and it's more in the saga of Brittany Griner. Now, before you say to me, you know, Dockage, you said when she got arrested, hey, man, you didn't have much empathy for her. You're right. I'm like, hey, you're in a foreign country at a time when we just gave $40 billion to the, the people that are fighting against the country that you're in. 
You're six foot whatever. You are a very well-known person, obviously here, but also in Russia. Women's basketball players go to Russia because they make more money. And they're, 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 they're more well-known. So she's well-known. She made a dumb mistake. Fine. If you got to throw her in jail, if it's legit first. Second, if you got to throw her in jail, okay, laws are laws. I get it. But we're talking about four months working on five? Come on. Stop that. That's no, you know, I don't care if you are the hardest guy going. If you're the biggest ever. If you're the most, I'm American. You got to follow the law. No, come on. Four months? Four months for bringing vape to an to a airport? Come on. Come on. You got to be. Who are you crapping? Let's talk that. Let's talk some sense. Look, again, uh, you can get on me all you'd like. That's fine. Uh, I'll take it. Blah, 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 blah. But the truth of the matter is, we're at a point now where this is just stupid, aren't we? Like, I don't know. Yes, I do. I understand what Brittany Griner did was dumb. I get it. But damn, four months? I think I'm going to ask this question like every Thursday. And the question is going to be simple. Will Deshaun Watson play as the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns opening day this year? Will he be the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns this year? This year, opening day. Uh, yeah, Connie says, uh, Russia's dealing with other issues right now. I'm sure Brittany Griner isn't high on their radio, radar. I get that. I get, I do, I get that. Uh, but having said that, still a pretty, you know, known case. And it's not like people always say, hey, look, Dockage, you're worried about gas prices. We got other things going on in this country. Yeah, I get it. You can't, what, we can only deal on one thing? We can only, boom, look at one singular thing? That's all we can look at is this? Like, I would be a sad world. Why do I get distracted on my show? Because I'm looking at this, I'm going to that, I'm going to that, and I'm just one person. You give me a staff of 10, I say, hey, look, you take baseball, you take basketball, you take football, you take Brittany Griner, you take Deshaun Watson, you take politics, and away we go. I think Russia can handle uh, getting either a fair trial, a trial, or releasing Brittany Griner. I do. I honestly think they can handle that. We have a poll question up right now at our YouTube chat. Will Deshaun Watson be the starting quarterback for the Browns when the season kicks off? Right now, 80% are saying, hell no. 17% say yes, we'll keep you updated. But look at our crack staff. Not our staff doing crack. Our crack staff, they are all over it, and away we go. But, I, you know, I do think this. I do think that Brittany Griner, yes, there are other things. Yes. All right? But, anyway... Um, 
I, I just don't get it. I don't. Here's something else I don't get. You know, a federal... Prosecutors in the sentencing phase of that Giselle Maxwell, they're recommending 30 to 50 years in jail. Okay, fine, good. She, if you don't remember, was Jeffrey Epstein's pomodore since we used it earlier. She was the trafficker, man. She was like the woman that got all the little girls and everybody went to Epstein Island. But can you answer me this? All these people that paid money to traffic young women, can you explain to me why nobody, not one name, not one arrest has been made other than Ms. Maxwell? Can you explain that to me? I'll hang up and listen. Like, can you explain to me why the prosecutor in the case said, hey, look, I want the court records sealed. The prosecutor. Can you explain that to me? I would love to hear it. I would. I would love to hear the explanation on how you have a woman, a powerful woman, I guess, at the time, with powerful friends. They know there's an island. They know there are logs flying guys to the island. She testified or she had a, court, a trial. She's convicted and not one person other than her is going to jail. Now, I don't know. I don't know what I've been told. Pretty little woman ain't got no soul. But I don't know. But I do know this. That ain't how it normally works. You know that. I know that. So I would ask if anybody has any real thought on that, please hit me up on Twitter. Because I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I think, it, you know, people have conspiracy theories, the oligarchy, you know, if you're rich enough, nothing's going to happen to you, all that kind of stuff. Okay, fine, I guess. But the fact of the matter is, hey, how is this possible? I don't know. But it's happening. And it's happening. And it's happening. And it's happening. And to this point, I don't see any chance where it doesn't happen. I don't. Um, all right. Last thing. Tonight is the NBA draft. Before, we're going to get to Trey Wallace. He is out in Omaha for one of the great, great tournaments. What's the right word? I don't know. Uh, tournaments. Yeah, tournaments. The College World Series. But I got to ask you this. Tonight, you're going to see a bunch of comparisons on guys. Like, I was looking at my friend Seth Greenberg. You know, he's comparing Chet Holmgren to Dirk Nowitzki. He's comparing, a lot of people uh, compare Jaden Ivey to John Moran. And I think it's interesting because you really have to do that. Like, you've got to say, hey, look, what is this guy, who does this guy remind you of? And the fact of the matter is, most guys that remind you of John Morant should be taken first in the modern NBA. Now, I know Dirk Nowitzki's great, but if you're John Morant, light in the modern NBA, I ain't mad about you. Again, people say I'm biased. I'm not biased. 
I'm an Indiana guy. I'm supposed to hate Purdue guys. I don't hate Purdue guys. I like Purdue guys. You know what I like about Purdue guys? They play hard. I like the coach. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you right now. Um, Jay Nivey, pretty good. They just showed on SportsCenter. Remember I told you this? I've been following this. Remember I told you that it was off the board? Somebody had tweeted me and said the number one pick is off the board. And yesterday it was Jabari Smith. I just saw this. Jabari Smith is no longer the favorite. In fact, a massive shift has happened. And I told you, somebody that's on here got Banchero plus 275, meaning you put $100 down, you win 275 and your 100 back. Well, Banchero went from plus 275 to minus 250, which means you got to put $250 down to win 100. That is a big, big step. That is a big swing. Now, you can damn near bet that this show influenced it. You bet your life it did, damn it. You bet your ass. You bet you, you're, you're sweet bippy. Is that what they call it? A bippy? What the hell is a bippy? You bet your sweet bippy. Remember, I heard that when I was younger. I got to look up bippy. What the hell it is. But that is interesting, and I just saw it, and it was out of Caesars, according to ESPN. Now, remember earlier in that, earlier today, they had what they have. They, take, they had taken the entire thing off the board. This is why sometimes it's really good to get in early, and sometimes it ain't so good. Like if you got, I don't know, Jabari Smith minus 250, chances are you're going to lose that 250 or whatever you put on it. If you got Bancaro way back plus 275, pretty good chance your toes are going to be tapping tonight because Vegas don't make a whole lot of mistakes, peoples. Vegas will make a mistake, but they ain't making that many mistakes. I think that's fascinating. I do. So that pretty much tells you my opening segment here where I said, hey, look, look, Jabari Smith is going number one. Unless something happens, unless there's some weirdness, unless it changes again, it's awful late in the game to change it. They changed it last night into the day. Pretty much guarantee what in the Sam hell is going on. All right. Uh, when we come back, I love talking to Trey Wallace. Oklahoma just rolls. Football, obviously, really good. We'll see what happens without Lincoln Riley. Basketball, Porter Mosier's got him going. Uh, Lon Kruger had him going for years. Calvin Sampson before that. Softball, Patty Gaskell, she does win national championship after national championship after national championship. And now Oklahoma is sitting here getting ready to play the winner of Old Miss and Arkansas. And our friend Trey Wallace from Outkick is there. We'll talk to Trey when we come back in a moment. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. College World Series a blast. College 
Women's Softball World Series a blast. Football's a blast. Basketball's it's all a blast. Our man Trey Wallace is in Omaha, where my friends tell me that it is one of the great spectacles in all of sport. But I, before we get into today's game, which is an elimination game between Old Miss and Arkansas, I gotta tell you, Trey, Oklahoma damn near winning everything in every sport. Softball, football, really good. Basketball's getting better. Oklahoma got it going on. They got a heater, man. I wish I'd have got out here sooner. I'd have gone to the casino and put some money down on Oklahoma. I mean, man, they are uh, they're rolling right now, and they're and they're feeling good about themselves. And this is going to present a uh, a challenge uh, this weekend to to whoever makes it out of today. But this uh, good for the Sooners, man. They got hot, and uh, and and man, they are they're tearing it up right now. They're beating teams up, and they're not just winning; they're beating teams up. That's the big thing. Early, wasn't Arkansas beating teams up? You know, Arkansas had its kind of ups and downs uh, throughout the season. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, they, they looked good uh, once they got started out here. And then they, they lost the game, had to get put into the loser's bracket. But here's the thing. Arkansas's got all the life right now, man. The, the last night's game between Ole Miss and Arkansas, that was something that Ole Miss needed to put away where they would have – two days of full rest before they had to play Oklahoma starting on Saturday. Arkansas said, nope, we're still in this thing, and uh, and they're going to fight it out today, man. This, I mean, let me tell you something. If you're just if you're a baseball fan in general, and, they may, and they maybe that's Major League Baseball, maybe that's college, what a college softball fan, today's matchup at 3 o'clock Central Time is going to be must-watch because these are two teams that hate each other, and also, they're playing for a spot in the national championship series. It's not, and, and also, by the way, the the stadium holds about twenty four thousand people, twenty two, twenty four thousand people. It's all Arkansas. It's all Ole Miss fans. Oklahoma fans are sitting around just kind of waiting. They're all hammered. They're all drunk. They're calling the hogs. You know, you got hotty toddy going on with Ole Miss. I mean, this is just beautiful. This is why I love college athletics. Can you can you walk us through you know like ba- baseball? You watch the game, you cheer for your team, but this is a little different, isn't it? This is more like a football slash basketball kind of crowd. This is like March Madness. Up, uh, take uh, uh, okay. What's the best way to put it? It'd be like playing in the the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight. You know, something like that. You're getting those type of crowds. And, and you're getting a lot of people that have been out here for a week now. Um, you know, they, just having the time of their lives out here in Omaha, which does a fantastic job. Um, so I would I would say, and you could say like Final Four, okay, the last two teams will play, and they'll play a three-game series, you know, starting on Saturday. But I think overall, the atmosphere, yes, it, it it's like a it's like a national championship game in Indianapolis when Alabama and Georgia played. Um, it's like the NCAA tournament, man. The the crowds that come in, to me, it's I, and I'm a little biased. College craziness crowds are a little bit different to me than NFL, you know. Crowds, they're just something else about them. Maybe they don't care about go getting sloshed at eleven o'clock in the morning and. You know, getting ready. Besides the Buffalo fans, no, 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 no mystery to Buffalo fans. But I just think right now what we have with with college sports and in this in general, I, I know it's kind of a a sport that's still building, 
with the national fan base, and I understand that. But it's also, you know, you've got all these college towns bought in, Dan, and it really reminds me of, let's just say, let's just say Texas A&M went on the road and played Alabama in college football. You know, well, you, okay, well, you've got a bunch of Alabama fans there, too. you got Texas A&M fans. And you just, it brings it up to one big storm. And that's what we're going to get today. And it's going to be fun, man. The, the microphones are going to pick up a bunch of stuff today. It's going to be wild. Uh, I'll be outside the stadium for the first two hours before, and I want to see how many jello shots are going to get taken down. How many? Who's the better team? It, 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 oh, Arkansas, to me, overall is the better team. Team, I, I feel like with the pitching, but Ole Miss is just right. Here's the thing that here's another. Uh, let's, let's add to the storyline here. Ole Miss was most likely going to fire their coach at the end of the regular season, Dan, but he got a lifeline because he got an NCAA tournament bid. They were very close to holding a press conference on a Tuesday to say Mike Bianco is out of a job. But now he has gone on a heater, and he is sitting here. And, and now that, you know, from firing him to potentially building him a statue on campus, all of this could change within the next two weeks. And that's what we love about college athletics. But I'm being dead serious. He, he was dead man walking. He really was. And now his team has life. And I think that's what adds something really cool about this story with Ole Miss. When, when you look at – Arkansas, and you know they came back three to two. They won last night. Does depth factor in right now? I mean, how important is depth? It's hot as hell out there, right? Oh, it, it's hot. I mean, I think I got off the plane last night. It was still a hundred. Um, I, I think that yeah, depth's going to matter. Well, I think Arkansas is going to be able to throw one of their aces today if they want to, and, and Connor Nolan. We'll see if they. You got to throw here. Here's the best way to put it. You got to throw everything you can. And if that means your starting pitcher gets two innings, usually, you know, and then you you bring in another starter who gets another two innings, whatever you have to do to make it to Saturday, that is the key for today. And that's what I'm looking at. So I, I think that, you know, if you're if you're Arkansas, you got to throw the book at them. And 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 for Ole Miss, hey, you're in the same spot Arkansas's in today. It's do or die. You win or you go home. And Oklahoma's just chilling. They, they're, just, they're just sitting at the hotel, having a day off, enjoying life, and they're going to play for a national championship starting Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Oklahoma wasn't ranked coming into this, were they? Oklahoma's on a heater, Dan. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I mean, Oklahoma, look, Oklahoma went through the Big 12 tournament and, uh, and, and rough shot. Um, and, and did well uh, in, in the NCAA regional super, but no, I mean it's Oklahoma's one of those teams, man. You get hot at the right time, anything can happen. And they got hot in the postseason, kind of leading up to it, but they got hot in the postseason. That's what makes it more interesting. And the funny part about all this, Dan, Oklahoma is going to be playing an SEC team, and in three years, Oklahoma is going to be an SEC team. So how do they claim this in four years? Is it going to be an Oklahoma SEC national championship if they win? Or is it going to be, you know, Arkansas or Ole Miss? So many storylines, so much fun. And, and I think what makes this thing special is all the fans that travel into town for this, Dan. It, it's so darn cool. Um, I'll send out some videos later this afternoon. I, I can't truly 
put it together what it is, but man, it, it's so much fun. And um, I, I it, look, here's the last thing I'll say about that part. At 2.30 this morning, they were calling the hogs in my hotel room. It, it Right outside. It was crazy. So bring it on today. Bring it on. Um, so people like that don't really follow but are going to watch, what would you say, like how many pros of the you know, guys that, you know, pros different in baseball, right? Because you got single A and who knows who's going to make the bigs. But how many top five-round draft choices are here among these three teams? I'd, I'd probably say seven or eight. Um, I, I really do think. I think it's Connor Nolan, a really good pitcher out of Arkansas. You know, and, and the other big bat to me is Tim Elko, plays for Ole Miss. This is a kid, Dan, you're going to appreciate this. This is a kid that in 2019 shred his ACL, came back a month later, played the rest of the season, um, led Ole Miss in homers. They really only used him at the designated hitter spot. Then he comes back for another season. We have all the COVID mess goes on. He's still hanging around, and he's still hitting dingers. And this guy's, this guy's ACL is just hanging on. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of talent on both of these squads. I think that it will be put on notice today. Um, I think that when you look at it, you'll see the pitching, a lot of different pitchers today. And, and, and just watch the hitting. We haven't seen a lot of long balls, but Ole Miss has hit a couple, and today could be one of those days. And uh, it's going to be about 102 degrees, but I'll take it. Um, I want to get into this. What I was watching the other day, and I forget who I was watching, and one guy, you know, he was throwing 94, 95. Other guy was throwing 94, uh, 95. Then there was another guy who threw it like a human being. You know, he threw it 89. You know, I mean – when you watch this, I, I, the first thing that struck me was, man, this is, I'm not going to say big league baseball, but you look at a pitcher throwing 95, it looks like big league baseball. You know, I go back to you know, 100 years ago, guys weren't doing that. Now when you watch, you're watching stuff that is damn near big league level. I mean, it's not, I get it, but it, it, on TV, on a one-shot deal, it's damn good. Let's put it that way. Well, let's let's. I mean, there there are multiple players playing today, and they're going to play this weekend that passed up opportunities to go play Major League Baseball in the last few years. Like a, a lot of people forget that they and I and I understand it because they don't know. But college baseball players they're drafted out of high school, and and and, and they can either turn that down. Um, or they can go play, you know, Major League Baseball, start off in the double A's, get up to the triple A's, whatnot, and, and make their way through it. But, uh, you know, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I would probably say there's eight to nine players on both of these teams that are playing today that were actually drafted by Major League Baseball. I mean, you've got, you've got and here's what it's come down to. You got players that are willing to go Major League Baseball, but they want that guaranteed money. So when you look out here on the mound this week and you look out here in the field, there are major league type baseball players that are here. This is not just yeah. this this is not just St. Peter's making a run through the tournament and they got hot. No, these are these, there are some professionals on the field, and I think people forget that because they don't understand the, the MLB draft, which is still confusing to me a little bit. 
but a lot of these kids can come right out of high school and make four or five million dollars in guaranteed money and 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 make their way through the ranks. So there there's a good amount of talent here. It's going to be it, it, it's an exciting brand of baseball if you can get into it. Um, and and we'll see what the ratings look like at the end of this thing. Trey, we've got a tweet that is the official Rocco's Jello Shot Challenge 2022. And I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it on the board there? I, I can, yep. 6,870. Now, it looks like Arkansas is routing other teams, but they are not. When you go down, you got to go down four or five. There's Old Miss, baby. 5,700, and the closest to them is 1,200 at Texas A&M. No surprise, is it, that Stanford would be less, a little more academic? These folks, they're calling the hogs at 2 in the morning based on a little bit of jello shots, no? No, I was trying to help Stanford out, maybe throw one or two down and maybe get that number up a little bit better for them. The crazy – look, who – and they're both going after the world record, by the way. Like, there's a world record at stake here. So, I'm thinking – if Arkansas loses to them, they might drown their sorrows in jello shots. If Ole Miss wins, they're going to end up winning it because they're going to be here for another three days. But here's a fun fact for you. Arkansas fans alone have paid $30,915 in just jello shots since they've been in Omaha. $30,000 in jello shots. What's the world record they're going for? What are we talking about? How, how did how did this come up? Walk me through that a little bit. So they, this is the restaurant down here, the restaurant Bar and Grill Roscoe's. They started this uh, five years ago uh, when a team would come in. They'd start offering Jello shots and and whatever team you represent or however much money you like. If I wanted to walk in there and be like, hey, look, here's two hundred fifty dollars towards Jello shots for Arkansas fans. They would put that up on the board, how many jello shots there is uh, for each fan base. So it's just a counter. And and they're trying to, you know what, Mississippi State held the record. Um, and what they're doing is now, five years later into this thing, we're going to see if Arkansas or, or Ole Miss is going to be the one left standing and, uh, and break the record. We'll see. Uh, look, Oklahoma fans are going to travel in tomorrow for the weekend series. Maybe they make a comeback. You never know. But it's uh, – it's a great way to make money because they are racking in it over there at Roscoe's. I'm telling you. <laughs> 30 grand for jello shots? It's not much work. <laughs> Man, uh, I know you got to go talk to coaches. I appreciate you coming on, Trey. But last thing, who wins? Who wins today? I think Ole Miss pulls it out today. I think they slipped up last night. I think Ole Miss wins today. Uh, beats Arkansas, hopefully another close game, and then we get Ole Miss versus Oklahoma, three-game series for a national championship starting Saturday night. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Thanks, my friend. Thank you for coming on, Trey. Great stuff. Appreciate it, Dan. Have a great week, buddy. Yes, sir. That's Trey Wallace. You can follow him at Trey Wallace. How about that? That's odd, right? But no, he is out in Omaha, and um, the people that I talk to, uh, Scott Johnson is a very good friend of mine. He was our director at ESPN for Saturday, or excuse me, for Tuesday night basketball games. And he is the director for Sunday or Saturday night 
football games on ESPN is the one you see with Todd Blackledge and Sean McDonough. He has been for 35 years, he's been the guy doing the directing of the College World Series. Well, he will tell you, he's been in all the great venues in college football. You know, night game at LSU, the horseshoe, he's been everywhere. And basketball, the same thing. But he will tell you that the event that he most looks forward to doing isn't anything football, isn't anything basketball. It is going to Omaha and directing the College World Series because, in his words, the whole environment is so cool. It is incredibly cool. It's incredibly fun. Guys are out there just having a ball. Uh, it's amateurism. You know, for a long time, if you remember, like they played in Rosenblatt Stadium, which was a, be- a bandbox, small, small place. Apparently, when they built a new place, they changed the angle, made it bigger. Home runs don't fly. The ball doesn't fly like it flew at the smaller Rosenblatt. You used to have scores with aluminum bats, man. You'd have 17 to 16, you know, and it got dangerous because pitchers who are the closest man, they are also the most off-balance man when a batter with an aluminum bat starts swinging and you're like in their face. So what happened? They built a new place. They had to build a new place because college baseball took off. If you want to see something fun, I know people are really into, really into minor league baseball parks. Like, hey, you go to Toledo, you go to Indy. We got Victory Field. My wife and I were just there last weekend watching my high school. It is fun. It is energetic. It is right on the field. You know what I mean? You know what's happened? Softball and baseball, both in college, they've done the same things. They've built these great parks. We this year went to both Boston College for softball, Harvard for softball, and we went to IU. Uh, no, wait a second. Where did we go for baseball? Yeah. No, no, no. We went to IU for softball. All right, so we went to these. We didn't go to baseball game. But right next to these facilities, particularly at IU, is a gorgeous baseball field. And if you're there for the baseball, right next to it is a gorgeous softball field. That's why I always tell people, you know, my wife, and I'm so proud of my wife. I actually brought her on stage last night to tell a story. But my wife coached at Syracuse. They did nothing, zero, zip, nada, to enhance their stadium while she was there. She was so good that she got Syracuse, not only Big East champs, but got within an inning or two of going to their Super Regional at Arizona State, a place where, frankly, softball looks like frickin' Wrigley Field or a Mecca. That's how good the lovely Lee Ross was and is. So don't at me, people. That's but it is funny. Next time you go to a college campus, just check out. I know a lot of people, you know, you go to IU, you want to check out Assembly Hall. Of course, you want to check out Breslin at Michigan State, Pauley Pavilion, you know, all the famous places, the Dome in Syracuse. Well, they don't have baseball. But check out on these campuses the baseball and softball places. Holy hell. You will absolutely, positively be blown away. You will be. Tell me I'm lying. 
Tell me I'm lying. If you tell me I'm lying, then I'm dying, but I ain't lying. So right now, 6,870 Jello shots have been bought and consumed by the University of Arkansas fans in Omaha. 57,023 Jello shots have been bought and consumed by Old Miss. Oklahoma, Piddly. 375. Now, I'm not a great geography guy, but drive north, Oklahoma. Get yourself to Omaha. It can't be that far. Get yourself to Rocco's and get yourself about, I don't know, 10 dozen jello shots. What are you doing? Boomer sooner and then be obnoxious and absolutely lose your mind. Yes. Yes. A couple of other things before we go. Look, I missed it by one. That's right. I told you that the Cubs were going to whoop up on the Pirates. I gave you the bet two days ago. Missed it by one day. What a stupid I am because last night, Yesterday, the Cubs absolutely beat the you-know-what out of the beloved Pirates. I, I, I knew it was coming. I knew an ass-beating was coming. I just didn't have the day right for you guys. I didn't have it, and I apologize. I apologize. By the way, on different websites, and I'm not going to name them, but on different websites, it is not up yet the number one pick in the draft. There's still, whatever you do, like there's still mission and mashing and algorithming and doing all the things that you do to come up with a number one pick. So I don't know who to tell you to bet on, but I'm not betting against Paulo Banchero. And congratulations if you do it, John Hammond. John Hammond is a guy I have a lot of respect for. Don't be stupid, John Hammond. Don't overthink it. Don't listen to anybody other than me. That's right. What has two thumbs and should be listened to exclusively? This guy. That's right. Yeah. So, that's how I look at the world. Paulo Banchero will be picked tonight. If you can get a decent number on it, take it. If you can't get a decent number on it, don't be a clown. I'm telling you, I still don't know who to take. In soccer, all right? I'm sorry, in hockey. If you were going to ask me, and a few of you have, if you're going to say to me, Dan, you're betting on the Avs or you're betting on the heart of the champion uh, back in Colorado as they go to game five, I ain't going to lie to you. I give you one heart of a champion game. One. Now, I'm taking the Avs. I'm taking the Avs because I just think they're better. Three to one, heart of a champion. I totally get that. I do. I understand it like it's my job. We're going to come out fighting. It is impossible, ladies and gentlemen, to close a great team out. It's the hardest thing to do is to close a great team out. Yes, you're right. I, I ain't mad about it. You ain't lying about it. Don't at me about it. But the truth of the matter is when you are just better, I mean, when you're just better, guess what happens? You eventually win. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying that they're much better. I'm not saying that, oh, I don't know. You know, Tampa Bay's not great. Remember, you can say somebody's good 
and not say that another team is bad. But on Friday at 8 o'clock in Colorado, I got to tell you, I'm taking the abs. I know. Heart of a champion. I know. I know all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, I see this team. I see that team. I've watched enough of it to kind of think, you know what, three to one. It's been a great run by the Lightning. You know, it's like, well, I shouldn't say it. I've become a dog person. Like, I really like my dog. But in our family, we have a thing where we go, "Ah, that's a great run. So somebody said to me, hey, look, what if your dog ran away? Eh, she had a great run. I mean, we go look for her, right? I mean, we would search. Lula, you know, all that stuff. And we have because we are the dog owner that you don't like. Uh, us, our neighbor there, and our neighbor over there. We live on a cul-de-sac, and the dogs run. And some lady came to my door and told me she was going to shoot my dog. I'm like, please don't shoot my dog. But the truth of the matter is, um, yeah, it's a good run. Same thing about the lightning. Eh. It's a good run. I don't expect them to be able to come back. I don't. I'll say something else to you, and I hope you understand this. Baseball's hard to bet. Baseball's really hard to bet. Like, people ask me all the time on this show, on Twitter, on other shows, hey, uh, you know, what do you like in baseball? If I had a brain in my head, my answer would always be this. Yeah, I got nothing for you. Yeah, I got nothing. I wish I had something. Like, I go to different places. My friend, the cash man, at the cash man lives. He's got stuff for you. Go to at thecashmanwins.com. He's not a site that, like, Bet Rivers or, or FanDuel or any of those. He's just an information guy, and he'll tell you, and he'll help you. So, you know, um, I don't know, but I don't want to bet. I, I don't want to bet. Hey, D.D., a new stadium doesn't change the distance from the mound to home plate. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I do. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, okay. No, I don't know. Seems right. But anyway, I got a big golf tournament this weekend. That's right. So you know what I'm doing right now after I'm done here? Uh, I'm going swimming. I don't know if that's good or bad for golf. I'm riding the Peloton. I'm going to get on the foam roller so that my fat you-know-what is ready to go. My brother and I against the world. We should make T-shirts. Dockage against the world. That's right. That's right. So anyway, um, what a great week. Clay Travis came on. We knocked it out. Uh, We got 49 votes in our poll up here. On Deshaun Watson, I'm not smart enough right now. 80% of you say, hell no, he will not line up at center for a behind center for the Browns to start the season. I got to thank all of you on the YouTube chat. Sometimes you get political, but I love you. I got to call you out because, frankly, that's what we do. Um, All of you that follow on Twitter every day. You know, it's interesting. When I started going places, and I don't go a lot of places, but when I've started going places, people have started coming up to me and say, hey, I started watching your Don't At Me on OutKick, and I really like it. My brother-in-law a couple weeks ago, I think I may have told you this, was sitting having breakfast, and he heard a familiar voice, and it was moi. And it was in Toledo, Ohio, or actually, um, 
I forget, it starts with a P up there. I forget the name of the town anyway. Uh, and I'm like, really? Hey, that's pretty cool. You know, and it was me. The guy was just sitting there having breakfast listening. So we're growing, and I appreciate all the behind-the-scenes work that my friend Dylan does, and Jacob, Ryan will be back from vacation, Davey, uh, Gary, everybody, you know, that is involved. We've had another really, really good week, uh, and I hope everybody has a great weekend. A lot of you asked when we starting on Friday. Uh, we're going to go Friday starting around football season. I am not on Sirius XM Radio this weekend, frankly, because I'm playing golf. I am not hosting my show uh, on 107.5 The Fan today or tomorrow because, frankly, I'm playing golf. That's right. Dockets against the world. Thank you, everybody. See you Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Dockets out.